Hello and welcome back to Blacker Cast Reviews. I'm your host Christina. We're back for the highly anticipated season two of The Bear, episode one entitled Beef, written and directed by Christopher Storer. Loved this first episode, love the tone, how we are having the cast intermingle. The best thing about this episode was the the way everyone got to bounce off of each other and some people in new ways that was very surprising but welcome and we are going to it already seems start focusing on the the layers behind the staff that work at this work at this uh soon to be restaurant but you also have management and there was a clear distinction as i was watching the progress of the 33 minutes that went by way, way too soon. All 10 episodes have come out on Hulu. So not only did we get two additional more from the first season, they're all available for consumption. Of course, many who love the binge model have already watched this entire season over the weekend. Me, I came in today on Monday morning with like 23 fucking exposures i was like oh jesus christ these motherfuckers are like it's time to earn your paycheck and that has been my life and why i cannot possibly binge (laughs) through this entire season plus i i i don't know maybe it's because i'm older i think when binging first was a thing it was new and You wanted to consume that much TV throughout your entire Friday, Saturday. But now it's like, I don't want to spend my whole entire weekend watching television. I actually want to do certain things. No, it doesn't really involve outside. But, you know, I go for an occasional walk. But I don't want it to just be on television show or reality. I've got like 50 million rabbit holes I can crawl into at any given moment. So I need to space that shit out. Before we jump into the recap, wherever you listen to this podcast, Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, all those places. Go down to the ratings section, drop some stars, leave a review. My social media will be there as well. If you want to send feedback on this season, no spoilers, blackercouch at gmail.com. We pick up this season with one of two characters that really got a hard rap last season. Did I say that hard rap? Is that the right? I guess I'm going to go with it. Marcus and the other I completely disagree with, which is Sydney. We'll get to that later. Um, actually save it for the end because I have a rant. But Marcus is a man that has a lot of preoccupations in his life. He was more of a beloved frustration than a true problem. You know, Richie's the true problem. But the difference being I wanted to choke out one and not the other. That's why I say that (laughs) Richie was the problem (laughs) because... He really, he really needed to get stabbed in the ass. I still remember that. It's a great moment. But we get a little bit of his personal backstory. His mom, or it could be a relative, but I'm going to 
go with his mother is in the hospital. She's unresponsive. He makes her comfortable by keeping her hands lotioned and making sure she has a cool towel on her head before scraping off the ice and beginning the cold frosty Chicago morning. I hate the code, but I really, really, really hate summer more. <laughs> so when I saw that wintry landscape out there, I was like, oh, yeah, come to mama. The beef original dog sign is coming down. The memorabilia, a sign photo of Paul Rudd and then Anthony Bourdain got to go. It's all being put in someone's storage closet or the trash. Nat, a.k.a. Pour some sugar on me in the name of love. Is now handling the office work because I'm not sure what Carmi ever knew about it, but he was doing a terrible job. While everyone else in the crew feels bittersweet, bittersweet nostalgia. Sydney's dropping trays because she has the coordination of a, a uh, what's those things they called? <laughs> That's what it didn't make any sense. <laughs> I have it in my mind, but now I can't say it. So that joke just got chucked in the trash. How's my budget looking? Great. Not good. Shitty. <laughs> Carmen's like, okay, fine. We'll, 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 we'll attack this as a team and write things out that we need for this place to turn it into a legally health inspector pass location. <laughs> With Carmi's math skills, just about as good as mine, clearly missing some steps. Although he did set aside money for everyone to get paid, they're going to need a lot more. And that I came to that conclusion before they came to that conclusion. It was like 300K is a lot of money, but I'm pretty sure you're going to need a lot more. And I'm guessing going to the bank and applying for a loan, I can understand for Sydney because she is in bankruptcy i don't know about carmy but why do you need a loan when you have a loan shark natalie tells sydney you're going to need a project manager sydney said their little back and forth sid nat sid Look, girl, you see this shit? We have a budget plan on a cardboard box. Help me. Help me. Nigga. Carmi checks on the drywall estimate downstairs with Richie. It's like I'm frustrated when I yell his name and he doesn't respond. Who has caught the nostalgia bug, but it has now uh, mutated into the flu. He's got COVID in the basement of nostalgia. And he asked Carmi, is there such a thing as purpose? 
Oh, Lord. Again. A fucking game. Nothing new. Nothing changed. Same old shit. Same old fucking shit. Ain't nobody got time for that. I wish I could tell you that I've never been at this moment often when people ask me questions like this. can't even tell you how often my family members get this exact response i love you but i don't have time for this shit right now and then that long ass pause where he's like okay and he's like fuck i do not want to be a person who cares but i can't not be because i'm working on me and i'm trying to not shut the door in your face fine i'll take five what i i, I got what what's 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 up how he took out the cigarette to smoke would be me trying to drop a gummy. <laughs> Richie admits that he's been struggling in his original birth shirt. <laughs> it's a typo. That never got fixed. As he has been reading and trying to find inspiration. However, this one book talks about this man who has no skills or personality who just watches trains all day he may have less to offer than he realized i think richie in this moment as he's going through the motions of this is really happening he's starting to assess his own worth and his worry like that in the book is that his much more talented friends would drop his ass and he needs to find a purpose because that's the reason why they dropped him and i'm thinking to myself richie i may have problems with you but you have a purpose you have a purpose in this place because what you have is what the rest of them don't which is a string between the past and the present i think the line that was thrown out was I can throw a stone and there's five good restaurants around here. What's going to make yours different? What's going to make yours stand out? And when it comes down to, it's the people. But the people they were catering to are people who don't go in those fancy ass restaurants. Never mind. They don't want to spend their money in those fancy ass restaurants. <laughs> because it doesn't feel authentic to them. So you are the voice of the community that the others that don't quite have that long history can bring not to mention this is a crime infested area someone's gonna have to have the criminal record and you you already qualify <laughs> you're gonna be the bouncer outside making sure the other side of the business is going well someone's gonna have to be the bridge between you and your uncle I think that your uncle is a businessman and I think you don't know how much of a businessman Carmi I am thinking and I could be completely wrong but he didn't make them that money he made by being soft <laughs> even the 300,000 he lent to Michael came with that building it's something he's always wanted and I think that he is far more shrewd then maybe the rest of them are fully conscious of and i think richie is going to be the one that is a little bit more conscious of exactly who their business partner 
now is. But the, despite the reassurance from Carmi that I'm not going to drop your ass, he still thinks that uh, he's missing something and he needs to find it. Tina Tell said she's the new Jeff, so she needs to change. <laughs> However, Sydney is trying to save money by salvaging what they can from the pots using science. Marcus comes in to remark his mom is fine before an awkward silence when Sydney offers to help. I can't ship them. It's like my brother and sister and it feels yuck. Not only did Sydney have an encounter with Marcus that was a little odd. There was another with Richie that felt more genuine because there's deep-seated dislike between these two. Not to mention an attempted murder. I got my eyes on you. Of course, I'm exaggerating. It was not an attempted murder, but I think in his mind, he's probably going, yeah, I might need to tiptoe these encounters with Sydney because clearly <laughs> there's a line. <laughs> and I crossed it and there will be bloodshed. Abraham, who has been quiet the entirety of the episode while not helping sweeps, who said, fuck it, it's down. <laughs> That felt so real to me. Like, oh, you ain't going to come help me over here. I'm going to just try to do it. Oh, well, you know what? That shit was being trashed anyway. Don't matter. Carmi learns that Sugar was offered project manager by Sydney and is considering despite him giving her a way out. He knows he doesn't want her to have a way out. Like, oh, you better get out before it's too late. But he's like, oh, no, Sydney already jumped in before I did. That's great. Because while I'll just sit here and appreciate you, Sydney uh, <laughs> gonna capitalize on that shit. No, girl, you need to stay. She joins them to bring up another money issue with the gas problem. Sounds like a fact. This was another moment I laughed out loud for several minutes and watched twice because I'm coming around the corner so happily like someone said my name. Someone said my name. And then Sydney Block like, nope, this is not a fact. I think it's totally a fact. It's not a fact. It's a it's a professional's job. <laughs> At least he found a new home for the game system, which is his mom's basement where he lives. Everyone is food certified except Ibrahim who needs a renewal and Richie who never was certified followed by an array of legal paperwork before they can actually open this place they just need to stay calm and not fall through drywall <laughs> Marcus was like Sid you okay yeah I just fell through the damn you got strong <laughs> It's these little lines of dialogue that make it for me. Richie said, Sid, what the? But I'm working on my temper, which I love. I love. Because the first step is always to try. You're never going to succeed overnight, which is clear in this next reference. But you're trying <laughs> to stop saying 
overly offensive things, but also referring to the drywall or what's in the drywall as a plan called Jewish lightning, which involves arson and insurance money scamming. <laughs> Nat-, Nat said, fuck the Red Sox. I'm disrespectful as the fuck. I'm really glad they're utilizing this actress. I liked her in the first season. We just kept seeing her at home with her husband. And that was the thing. And I think putting her immediately in the forefront, especially with her skill set. I'm like, she should be at the restaurant. (laughs) It makes so much sense. And they make such a cohesive team that I am eagerly wanting to see more. He said corners. (laughs) With such animosity, like I'm so mad you guys got me doing this shit. Jeff, you all right? Carmi was listening to the pep speech as everyone is very concerned because of probably because Sid left. Now everyone's like, you you good? You good? We got to keep checking on Sydney, making sure she just doesn't completely blow or start stabbing folks. But I love that Tina starts to call her Jeff. She's like, good night, Jeffs. (laughs) Considering no one's name is fucking Jeffrey. (laughs) She said, where was I? Just stay calm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And his great idea was the paint from the crawl space. I'm on the operating table. Because <laughs> he's fixing the stupid poster with tape. It's like, uh, what do you say? Motivation or something? Purpose, chef. Good point, chef. <laughs> timing is not great money is not enough and the fire alarm is now going off and because Carmi has set off so many he can't tell if that is actually happening or just in his head I love that it continued into the next scene continuing (laughs) on with the fire alarm that is and everyone's got earbuds in their ear with the exception of Carmi and they're trying to present this legitimate business proposal to a loan shark with Jimmy being very confused. English motherfucker, do you speak it? Finally, Carmi admits they found the money that Jimmy was owed and his relief that he didn't put it in a bank. (laughs) Michael, that is, is palpable and glossed over. The partners were... Uh, what, what, I think one was him. So the other was you. And the third was someone called Uncle Leon. It's like, Uncle Leon's not my uncle. Well, Richie ain't your cousin. <laughs> the password for the alarm is go fast boats mojito. All one word. Not only are they nine, they were pretty ballsy for this, I have to say. Not gonna give this man the money that he's owed the three hundred thousand dollars like that isn't chump change they are also requesting another five hundred thousand with very little to offer besides high interest and the promise of a star (laughs) but jimmy's more concerned about the alarm how does that not drive you insane i'm used to it I, i don't even hear anything his life in his head is an emergency siren 
he does uh, mention earlier that he loves what he does, but he doesn't consider it fun. And he doesn't even know what fun is for him. And that's the part where I'm like, yeah, you need to explore that aspect of yourself before I think any type of romantic entanglements can or should unfold. And we'll get to that as well. Actually, this is a perfect segue because, of course, the hot topic from, uh, I suppose, last season with Mimi, anyway, between us uh, of our will they, will won't they? And she was thoroughly on board and I was hesitantly unconvinced. <laughs> and, of course, there's the natural... I like to say negative commentators, of course, there's the press and those things. And there's a fandom that may desire for things to happen or not happen between our, well, two of our lead characters. Because I think the cast in itself is pretty lead uh, with some far more scenes than others. So my take from season one, I'm sure if you listen to it, was that other than the finale, there wasn't too much that I personally saw developing in a romantic aspect. I was never against it, still not against it, but I think I made a caveat of I don't think it's something that needs to be explored right away. Like I think that there needs to be a lot of development uh, w- with Carmi himself. And I don't and I think I just don't want it to fall into the trope of which I've seen a little bit recently, which is the the black woman emotionally stabilizing the white man. <laughs> And there's nothing with leaning on emotionally in that aspect. Because I need to clarify that. But just like we wouldn't like the white savior moniker, I don't want to then flip it to the black savior moniker, if that makes sense. That all being said, I think this first episode, there's been more of a personal um, change between them. That's not saying it can't, but it certainly is more expressively if the writers choose and decide the material would be there. (laughs) Um, No, I'm not saying it in the most eloquent of fashions, but the scene one of the scenes that got me was this scene at the table where she says, I want a star. (laughs) Well, first, after she says she wants a star, he's like, fuck stars. And he doesn't say it really. He says it to her, but he also says it to Jimmy. And she's like, well, you have a star. So that's easy for you to say. And then he's like, well, I retained a star. I didn't get a star. And she's like, that's the same thing. And while Jimmy's trying to be like asking for this and then you have 
Natalie also putting chiming in, neither one of them seemed to be consciously aware of the other two. They kind of go into this little bubble of discussion. <laughs> and I thought that that was A, adorable, and B, my first fluttering of shipper vibes. Just because she's just like, and the fact that they were... <laughs> They, they're they all trying to and then it, it kind of like I say fluttered here and then it kind of moved up a, in a different uh, level by the end of the episode I laughed when they're like well then when you get the star then what and she's like we're dialed and he's like we're trapped <laughs> and it's two different sides of a coin of how one could look at the situation I am not cool enough to know what the lingo of we're dialed means, but I'm guessing that means we're set. (laughs) We're dialed. We're ready. We are going to take off from there. But for, but for Carmi, he doesn't necessarily want to have the notoriety because that feels as if it's unimportant but also if this place is successful then there's nowhere else he's now cemented here and that can only come from where he's emotionally at as a feeling of being trapped so that's an interesting bit of commentary on his inside thought process and then (laughs) Jimmy said, let me tell, let me tell you a story about complete and utter failure. (laughs) Despite both of the ladies being like, no, 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 don't put up the, don't put up the restaurant. But he's like, look, no, I wasn't going to tell you about the money, but I did because I need more and a partner. And if we don't pay you back in 18 months, okay, worst case scenario, you can, well, first he says you could sell this lot for 5 million. And both of them, what is wrong with your math skills? Two million at the at the at the most, and that's when he says, "Worst case scenario, you helped out your nephew. He blew it. You're out a hundred thousand, but you can have this place and the lot and make two million back." And he says, "Okay, so when is this place opening? When it will be ready to be open?" There's like that is a good question. He's like, "Yeah, well, partners ask good questions." <laughs> I've always been a fan of Oliver Platt, so it. It makes me happy I get to see him for 10 weeks. The team reconvenes. And it's not going to be easy because in six months is as soon as they can open. Eight months to profit. It's a pretty tight window. His offer was a CP. <laughs> it's like because you said 18 months, which is a CP. What's a CP? A Carmi problem. Over promise. I don't know when Sid and Nat became in sync BFFs, but I need more of it. And he's like, okay, you want a star? It would be nice. Godspeed. Staff. Well, how we're doing on that? Are we going to see you tomorrow? <laughs> I'm thinking about it. The person I asked is thinking about it. Tina goes home. After excited learning new things from Sydney, but Sydney realizing her potential 
searching for a sous chef realizes that tina can be the sous chef and i thought this was one of the most wholesome scenes because sydney being sydney is kind of like well you can say no and you know this place is a shithole and you know because she doesn't want especially after everything that's been going on between them she doesn't want to feel like oh i'm making you another minion of me you know there's so much between that moment because she's nervous too thinking well you don't maybe not want to learn from me i'm just this young trying to figure it out clearly i i failed before i don't want to make the same mistakes and tina is so blown away by by being asked to be a sous chef i bet you that was a dream of hers that she never thought she'd ever be able to do and i'm sure she's probably a 45 year old woman just like uh richie's a 45 year old man who's been working in this one place for a very long time with very little growth but at some point that's something she wanted and here she's getting the opportunity to do that and these and with two people who want to do good can do good and are trying to make that a reality i was i was i was so humbled by that scene it was so sweet abraham is thrown by the silence of the place before he uh consoles marcus who thanks his friend chester for watching after his mom during the day richie is hoarding everything michael related there's some good music in this episode i should have wrote the songs down the songs i don't know where i get this accent but it comes out carmy and sydney feel weird going home early but there isn't much more they can do without permits. Both weirdly ask about their personal lives, except they both don't have one. <laughs> and it's kind of like, uh, yeah. And you know, you have that moment of, I could just, we could just, you know, go do something together. No, I'll just see you tomorrow. Cause that's just weird. <laughs> then you have Carmi going home. It's 5 PM. He's like the fuck am i supposed to do with myself i do not know but he's not alone because as soon as he walked in the restaurant and said yo both sugar and sydney popped up like that six months is too damn long so they come up with a plan and it looks like they are trying to open this up with the within the next 30 days it's like is this crazy yeah but we're going to try it because that's clearly the high we we uh we survive off of and that is how we end our episode i gave it a 9.8 out of 10 i thoroughly enjoyed it thought it was hysterically funny can't wait to see where we go how we develop our characters and how the hell they're going to open up a restaurant in 30 days <laughs> <laughs> it might have been three months but it looked like 30 days it was one calendar up there maybe it was two let's talk about sydney really quickly mainly the criticisms sydney has been getting and received the first season i was very appalled particularly with the and maybe because i would expect our black men to have a better understanding of the black mothers and sisters and daughters 
around them especially when you have one that is is uh analytical that wants to be a perfectionist that wants to succeed but has failed who's kind of insecure but confident enough to to dodgedly pursue her goals I really was disappointed at the the absolute turn on this character by black men in particular uh, about how she's bossy, needs to mind her business, uh, just a lot of words thrown out that you would expect racist people to throw out, to be quite frank, um, when they can't recognize the difference between confidence and cocky. And I think that they even brought that up this episode. Like there is a difference between the two. <laughs> you know, we don't want to seem confident, cocky. No. Um, there was something else that they didn't want to see. But that's neither here nor there. I think that Sydney is no more flawed than any other character on this show. But I don't see even the flaws that were thrown at her as flaws. <laughs> the whole menu situation, the whole Richie's like they were really upset that she was against. And that kind of feels exactly like an incels point of view. You know, I'm me, I'm whatever. And I, how dare you try to tell me that I should change because I like being a piece of shit or derogatory or sexist or whatever word it is that is negative and someone would dare to correct you on that and, and mm, mm, so much negativity towards and I'm glad that she won an award because that just spits in the face of that like yeah you don't matter that made me happy but I, I did need to address that in this podcast that 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 I could not listen to any bear podcast out there any of them especially on YouTube because of the ignorance of the hosts absolute ignorance so with that being said <laughs> we do have feedback so let's hop into the mailbag What up, Stina? It's Mimi. Uh, this is feedback for the bear. Um, I haven't sent feedback in a really long time. And it's kind of funny because uh, I'm in my car once again. I had good intentions to send this off way before I've been driving to this morning. But I completely forgot. So I told myself I needed to do it as soon as possible. And I'm on my way to get an oil change. Um, so here we are. <laughs> the sounds I'm sure you're used to. Um, this shouldn't be too long. The episode was only 30 minutes. Um, there are a couple of things that I um, wanted to discuss. Um, I'm going to have trouble with names. I remember the main people, Carmi, Sid, and I, I just be calling him Cousin. I don't even think I really know what his real name is. Um, or I should say his, the name in, in the show. Um, they always call him cousin, 
and I haven't watched, like, it's been a long time since I watched the last one. I watched it before you. I'm referring to season one. I watched season one. It wasn't live. It had already aired. Um, but I think it might have done the same thing that it did now. It just put all of the episodes out. Um, I think it might have done that last time, too. I feel like it was on a network, though. I'm not sure. I, I just know I watched on that uh, Hulu, and I watched it. It had already aired, and I watched all the episodes at once. And I know they're all there now, so I don't know if they did that last year or not. But it was, it's, I feel like it was had to be over a year ago. It was during the summer, I'm pretty sure. Maybe it's just been a year. I'm not sure. But, um, so, I don't remember the characters' names. That's what that whole caveat was about. The big black guy, um, two things about him. I don't know if that's his grandma or his mom. It looked, she looked too old to be his mom. Um, but I mean, for all I know, maybe his grandma is the one that took care of him. So it's like his mom. She's sick and she looks like she's terminally sick. Um, cause she has like all that hospital stuff in the house. They usually do that when someone is, you know, on hospice. Um, and then I don't know. He was, weird with Sid which brings me to my other thing was Sid seemed weird with Carmi when it was just them two when they were leaving I don't know if they were awkward because they wanted to stay but they didn't know how to bring it up to each other I don't know their their relationship is weird right now and I don't know I'm getting weird vibes and I don't know if I'm just not supposed to see that and I'm reading too much in it but they just they don't seem like they did last year I know right before they found the money they had had a fight but Sydney clearly came back and so to me that means uh that I would take that to mean that she forgave him but when they were standing around like what are you doing uh nothing and then it was like just awkward silence and they're like okay I'll see you later like what was that about I don't know um I do like the fact that um Carmi's sister is around I, I did like her character um I thought she was gonna announce that she was pregnant but she never did I know this is only episode one but um I I do hope we get to see her more I liked her and Carmen's relationship um and since there are only two siblings left since the older one is no longer with them it'd be nice you know for their relationship if they are around each other more um Carmi seems more weird um and if I remember correctly, like, I always felt like he had some type of mental health disorder. And I don't mean just anxiety, like, because he has insomnia and he has nightmares and stuff like that. Like, I don't know if we're supposed to, like, maybe something runs in their family. And that's why uh, their older brother took his own life because he was, sounds like he was self-medicating prior to his own demise. Um that's always a sign that someone's going through it mentally they self-medicate generally alcohol drug abuse or any kind of sex abuse like anyone that's not the right way to say it uh sex addiction any kind of addiction like that it stems from some type of mental health disorder and generally speaking people are trying to self-medicate um so i guess i guess we'll just have to find out i'm not sure um, but 
I do like the way Carmi decided that, you know, we could just keep this money and use it, but we're going to need more. The way he approached um, their uncle, not uncle, was pretty smart, um, making him a business partner. The whole 18 months, you know, we could turn a profit or I just give it to you. It seems actually like a pretty smart thing. Yes, if you don't do well you lose it but if you really believe in your restaurant especially an established place already people know it i like it makes sense that in chicago because people do tourist things all the time and you got young folks on the roster you can turn a place uh into like a destination place like with, i see social media i get it all the time where they'll be like oh the new spot in chicago if you want ice cream and so and so and it looks all fancy and stuff like that and it does get people to want to go there so if your food is good then generally speaking it should work um i like that idea i also liked how all of them decided that you know waiting six months is impossible we can't if we want to turn this place around we got to we gotta, we gotta move this along. And it seems like Carmi, Sid, and, uh, Carmi's sister were all thinking the same thing. Sounds like they don't think it's possible, but the fact that they all agreed and came together, I really, really like it. I did like the comical moments in between two. Sid, uh, seems like they're giving her more of a, like, I know she was a part of the main cast, but I felt like, you know, you know, maybe they're going to give her a larger role in the restaurant, which means that they're going to give her a larger role just in general, and she's going to be able to, to do more. So I'm, I am interested in that um, aspect. Sid, I like her character, obviously, anyway. Her and Carmi, I've talked to you about the way I feel about their relationship. Um, I know I saw something when they first met, the way he looked at her. He looked like he was interested, but I've seen a preview um, of some some chick that's going to be back in his life. So I feel like that's probably why they they decided not to pursue anything. And if they don't with the Sydney Carmi thing, it's it's not a big deal. It's not a deal breaker. I I saw chemistry, and sometimes two actors have chemistry. It's just something that happens when you're an actor, and sometimes it means something. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes the show will take it and turn it into something. Sometimes it absolutely won't. And it just depends on the writers. <laughs> so we will see. Whether or not they become something, I do think that their relationship is going to be one of the bigger things that I like. I enjoy. Um, whether it's romantic or just friendship, either way. I do I do like the way she is with Carmi because the whole like math thing had me cracking up like she was like your math is and then the sister <laughs> his sister like chimed in fucked and she was like yeah like it was so funny like it was real subtle but like she had been correcting his math like the beginning all this whole time I thought everything about it was so cute um I I liked their relationship in the beginning even though it wasn't romantic so I am looking forward to their relationship even if it's just well now you have another sister and they can tag team you I'm down with that too um, uh, the other thing, Tina and Sid now, like she's, she asks Tina to be her sous chef that came out of nowhere. It was pretty interesting. 
um considering how the relationship started I thought that was pretty nice and the fact that she even said like seemed excited about it like damn my 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 how the tables have turned like this is exciting before you couldn't stand her and you was like bitch don't tell me what to do and now look at you you guys are besties and you about to be her sous chef I'm really excited about this season hopefully it you know maintains the hype and it continues with the same flow as the first season um the person that wrote it is the same person that wrote season one i and i also saw like he's a he direct he directs it um he's a producer so you know clearly he has a lot of say on what happens so hopefully this story goes the way he wants and you know we learn more about his older brother and cousin starts acting better it seems like he wants to be better because he doesn't want to get left behind that you know realizing that you need to change is an important trait that some adults never freaking learn his is late as hell because he's in his late 40s and he's just now realizing that he's an asshole and he needs to get his life together but i commend people that want to be better because they know they should even if it's late in life because some people go their entire lives acting the same way they did when they were in high school and that's not a good look so i'm looking forward to this season looking forward to your thoughts um see if you agree i know relationship chemistry is not something you even care about christina so um you might not have saw what i saw the awkwardness but you know can't wait to hear what you think so until next time love peace hair grease and black girl magic queen of the couch mimi out that was Queen Mimi with her thoughts on the episode. A lot of good things you had to say. I think you just like recording in the car. It's your safe place. It's your alone place. I'm okay. I've made peace with this. You don't have, you don't have to, you know, even bring it up. Cause <laughs> you know how something's like a buzzing and you're used to it. And then you just, it no longer. So like your, that's your car sounds. I'm, I, it doesn't even register until you say it. I'm like, oh, that is a car in the background. <laughs> uh, it was on FX as far as the first season. I didn't go back and look, so it could have been released all all the same way. And I, I'm like you. I didn't watch it when it was live. I, I watched it very close to when <laughs> before this premiered, so I didn't have to wait as long as everyone else, which is something I'm, I've been doing a lot more. Like, shit, everybody rushing out to go do stuff. I'm like, you know, you know, I might... There might be a, um, <laughs> there might be a, a correlation there, uh, of enjoying things sometimes a lot more when it's not all the fussing of it. Cause you don't have all the, you know, the anxiety and then you're talking to other people with the same anxieties and then you're like, ah, so it's seeing the final product. Um, I will say, uh, as far as them dropping all 10, it doesn't seem to have hurt their ratings on Rotten Tomatoes. I believe they have 100% still. Uh, so it's two seasons with, I mean, it's Rotten Tomatoes, but as far as fan response, as far it's been nothing but positive. And I think that is credited to the same people. I've always said that it's easier to stay on track when the same people are involved, particularly in the writing room. Because you, 
know those people and what you want to do with them and what you plan to do with them far better than if it's 15 people assigned to different aspects of building that characterization, which is a weird way to do television, but apparently it's what's been happening for the longest. And uh, I do support the writers on writer strike, but I would be remiss as a writer myself who struggles to say that there does need to be changes in said writing room regarding the quality of the writing in television. Because I feel like we we went through such a maybe we just got spoiled. It was just a peak of really good television, and now it's less and it could be a reflection of hey shit you only paying me so much this is what you get (laughs) so I don't know the whole story but I do think that I always find shows with more consistent writers far more uh attractive a proposal to watch than than one say on NBC like there's one coming out with Mark Paul Glossier you yeah you're the one that sent me that and I was like I can't even watch that shit I can't even it's like a it's a it's a catch-22 because if you don't watch then you don't get the, the ratings that it needs to get renewed but if you watch then the chances of it getting renewed and Mark Paul Glossier with his curse why am I investing my time here <laughs> I'm not going to get a resolution. And because they don't at least have the courtesy to write seasons where, okay, if we go to season two, we can pull these strings, but they're not so tied that we can't give a good satisfactory first season if that's all we're going to get. And I think if people would write like that, it would be 10 times better, but that's just me as an audience member. <laughs> moving on Marcus is his name I don't know if that's his mom or grandma either so I guess we'll know when we find out um you brought up something that I was trying to reconcile with because I was thinking the same thing is this actress pregnant and they're just hiding it are they gonna come out of it in the show uh, do they already know? Is it something they, you know, I wasn't sure what they were going to do with it, but I, I definitely noticed. I was like, she's pregnant and she's behind walls and she's sitting down. I know pregnant when I see it. <laughs> so they might write it in. They might not. It just depends on what their plans were. Uh, what else did we get? Chicago is a food town. And they don't discuss it as much, but they did by that throwaway line. Like I can throw a rock and there's five great restaurants. That's going to be part and parcel of the problem. It's not just turning a restaurant into a restaurant. I mean, never mind. A restaurant is really hard to maintain. One, you need a a customer base. Uh, I heard what you were saying about making it more of a gimmicky type thing. And you live in Chicago, so you would have a little bit more of an understanding. Uh... However, from what I have seen and read in the few shows I've watched on it, it doesn't feel like, oh, I can open a restaurant and I have good food and that's going to be enough. It's going to be a lot more than that. That's why I think that she says we need the star. The star is what's going to set them apart, whether you want it or not. Uh, Carmi doesn't want it, but she's spot on with that shit. And another thing you got to get people who want to spend that money. I don't go out very often. I very rarely go out to a restaurant. 
Uh, I probably have more DoorDash than I have restaurants. And even that I don't do as often. And it's, it's one, it's a budgetary thing. Uh, most people who go out and eat like that can afford to go out and eat like that. Um, and secondly, if you are going to go out and eat like that, you're going to want to go spend your money on the best for the quality and all that and so on and so forth. So I think that they're going to have an upward battle eventually that they're going to have to come into. And the fact that others are going to be competing with what you're doing constantly. That's part of the game, part of the stress, part of the chaos that while Carmi says he doesn't do it for fun, I think he he might <laughs> if he starts enjoying it. <laughs> if it doesn't cause all the anxiety that it does. Uh, so you were talking about some girl that's going to show up. I don't know anything about this season. So I think that's a good idea, though, if they do, because I think uh, I keep saying I think I know, at least for me, I, I would like to see where he's even at in that in that realm, because he did admit I mean, it's canon now. And when he went to AA, that like, I haven't had a girlfriend. You know, I've had, I had a speech problem. I had this, that, that, that. Clearly, there's a lot of things that, and that also happens too. The two things mentally, psychologically happen with men who go through these things. Either you're an ugly duckling, become a really attractive person, and then you have all these girls on your dick that weren't on their dick before. You got all super attractive. So now you're insecure and you kind of close off because now you're like, oh, you want me for something that I personally don't see the steam and value in because I continue to see myself as the person I was, the awkward, geeky, whatever, whatever that person is. Or you have those ugly ducklings that grow into really attractive men and then they fuck everything and in between and particularly the ones they would never have gotten when they were the ugly duckling. Uh, (laughs) It sounds judgmental, but bitch, I'm a people person watcher i i tune into this okay it's not judging it's just where the psychological odds fall so with carmy admitting that and then of course his attractiveness i believe is always subjective i think he's a cute actor um but i mean (laughs) it's not my tom hiddleston (laughs) (laughs) but then you will say well shit he ain't chris evans and so on and so forth so all that to say i think putting another woman in his path and him even making something with that would be beneficial to him as a person um forget any of the shipping stuff it would even be beneficial for the ship because he doesn't know what to do with himself, even if he were to try, even if he were to have those stirrings of feelings. He's not going to know what to necessarily. I mean, he can't even find the two seconds to talk to his cousin about his emotions because he doesn't want to get emotionally entangled. So that's the type of person you're dealing with. I think that's why when I say these type of things, I'm thinking about individualization as well as the idea of a ship. Now, back to your shipping, I really like what you said because that is a point that I think is missed sometimes is that shipping isn't only romantic, but sometimes 
it can feel romantic and it's not intended to be. And then it's up to the writers or whoever's in charge to decide what they want to do with that. It doesn't always get planned out. And the case in point that I always bring up is Myra Shone, Walking Dead, Rick and Michonne Grimes. Canically, for once, <laughs> the white woman didn't win. You know, his love interest was Andrea. That she was introduced in the show. She kind of got a little bit of the same backstory. Um, but season three, as much as everyone started shipping that season and saw everything that they saw there, right? That was just chemistry. That was the chemistry that the actors naturally had together. And then Gimple decided, I'm going to capitalize on that. And it even took him a while to convince to capital. I don't think it took as much. I honestly, I think the, all of the drama behind the scenes about the Rashon ship was just um, natural. Because part of it is just a natural inclination to be known to be fucked over. So, it, you know, because it's not like you, the PTSD came out of nowhere. Abby Mills, <laughs> as many will never, ever let go, including myself. You know, he'd been fucked over on some ships. Okay. So yeah, there was that, that el the emotional element that was brought out. But, um, there was also, it felt like everyone didn't want to support this. You know, the actors, the actors did, <laughs> particularly Andrew Lincoln, but they were pretty coy about if they would actually get together. Now, I was a comic book reader, so I was just like, yeah, okay, I know this actress said that, but I know that's part of the game, especially after House of the Dragon this year. I'm so glad I'm not the only person that was listening to the official podcast and was like, they're trolling people. They can't possibly have watched the show and make the statements they do and it be an official podcast without them trolling the fandom, letting them hear what they want to hear because it makes them engage with it. And I think that might start be a tactic and that's actually tragic <laughs> i think that's a dangerous thing to do to fuck with the truth um just to get people talking or 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 whatever the case may be riled up i don't know if i want to you would want to use it as a successful platform because it could really turn but that's neither here nor there my point being is that this was the discussion that, and it's a really good point um, that was put out on Twitter is that, you know, people always push against the idea of when there's an interracial lead, well, they can only be strong platonic friends. And that's not true. Uh, however, on the flip side of that, there is such a thing as, mistaking chemistry i think the same thing with um what's that show new amsterdam that i didn't even like but those two actors had such good chemistry even if they tried to i mean that man started off married with a child y'all we keep forgetting that was the that was his premise story <laughs> i don't know when they decided in, or if they ever decided to kill the wife off or did they notice that chemistry and change the, the tune of the story, right? So I like that you brought that up, that sometimes that is 
exactly the case. It was meant to be platonic, but unfortunately the chemistry is just really good. And then it's pressure or non-pressure that gets it to be more so. But to say it was always meant to be just because the chemistry is there. I don't know if we could say that for every scenario in every case. But I do start to see it in this episode. Like I said, that little bubble moment that they had and the moment that you brought up, which you said it was awkward. I didn't think it was awkward. Well, it was awkward. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. It was awkward in a way of we know each other so well that I can literally say things like it's the CP. They've come up with a name for you. And that scene where they were talking about is math. But as much as I know you, I don't know you. We've never hung out outside this building. We don't know that much about each other's personal lives or backgrounds. And technically with a work partner, especially in the way in which they are work partners, technically he's her boss, but you know, they're both in a managerial position. Yeah, there's that natural oh, so I didn't even think to ask you what you were doing. And now here I'm asking you what you're doing. They're both not doing anything because their life has become this restaurant and that's where they, that's where they function as people. But there is still that very stranger-esque aspect of their relationship that would, I thought that felt very apropos and even more so that they took time to highlight it. That's the part where the, where you get me with a, there's romantic crumbs because why would you highlight that if you are not thinking these two people have so much to know about the other? I will also wrap up with one last thing. Um, it is very much possibly really, really, really close with someone and it not be romantic. <laughs> I have to put that out there because there is a, a thing like I go back and forth on it all the time because I do think fully that one's best friend could be their romantic partner naturally you're going to want that combination together but it doesn't always happen nor is it always a foregone conclusion i had a best friend name not a best friend i won't even say best friend a really good platonic friend <laughs> i won't say best friend because we're, we haven't spoken in years but at the time that we were friends anyone that came across us sitting anywhere would go those two are in a relationship those two are together they're deeply in love nothing like that between us mm -mm. not even a little bit sexually attracted to him didn't even know if we had good care we just we were very open with each other each other we're just really really good friends we just two people that were very non-judgmental that you could just pick up like there was no pretense <laughs> it's the weirdest thing like we we did meet up to uh for a date there was nothing there um on both parts and but we we recognized or appreciated the intellect in the other and so we would just we had all of these really great conversations 
but it was only platonic. It was never going to go anywhere else. So I think that to dismiss the idea out of hand as if it's never a possibility, that's, that is the part where I, where I think where you said, Hey, it's okay if they're like a sibling and they just have that really good uh, chemistry. I'm just here for them in a really close bond and relationship. And I think that that's also a thing that is okay. It doesn't need to go romantic, even if it feels as if it can and should. But there's also the other caveat is just because it doesn't feel that way to you doesn't mean you should fuck with other people who feel and want the damn thing to happen. Right? Why can't we just let people live their fucking life the way they want to live their fucking life? Okay, you want to ship it? Let them ship. You don't see it? Okay, goodbye. Why, why do you need to actively put on the campaigns to make sure two people or, or to make your p- opinion be the known opinion? Because you don't want it to happen for reasons that have absolutely nothing to do with anything in which we discussed in this podcast. And that is the truth. It's either incels or racist. These are the people that are out there. And I just, I can't. I think that's what I said (laughs) to Letitia. Is that those people are grains of sand in the wind. They blow past me. I do not recognize them. So when I even hear it, it's usually secondhand. Because when you label them the correct way in which you label them, well, there's nothing I I'm respect or like, or why am I listening to your fucking opinion? <laughs> so as I'm concerned, you're a loser. <laughs> I'm not giving you this power. Let them sit and sit and rant and do whatever the fuck. All you could ever do is show the love. Ignore the hate. If not ignore, just, you know, become indifferent. Like, because every time there's an interracial lead, you best believe those two are coming out of the woodworks every single time. Cockroaches out of the cracks, ready. (laughs) Then when you put the spotlight on them, they fucking don't scurry back into the wall nowhere. Nah, they doing a little dance because they fucking hood cockroaches. All right. Um, lastly, Sadie said, cause, um, cause I didn't see it in season one. I have no taste. So I was like, oh, damn. I took it cause I know it ain't true, but you know, um, I just hope that I put your name out there thinking you was going to be the one that was checking me and I was checking you. Oh, this episode, I just want to put that out there. Just want to put out that, put that out there. If you want to send feedback, blackercouch at gmail.com. My social media will be below. Like, share, subscribe. Until the next time, peace, hair grease, and blacker magic.